This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Torch Sports Podcast. It has been a long, long time since we've gotten one of these out, but we are back with another variation of the squad. Um, We have a couple new faces here, not necessarily new to the Torch, but to the podcast. They are certainly new since it has been so long. I'm the sports editor, Brody Kaiser. Brandon Worth, sports reporter. And then our new guys are... I'm Joe. I've been here for a while. I just haven't been on the podcast. I'm a sports reporter, so. I'm Jeffrey. I'm uh, new to the torch and new to the podcast. I'm a sports reporter. I'm Dylan Ryder. I'm a sports reporter. i kind of on the hockey beat, but I've been with the torch for a good while. Yeah, so Dylan and Joe joined last semester, actually. Um, but Jeffrey just joined us this past week and put out his first article. So we've got a yeah, yeah round Jeff. of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Jeff. We've got a new looking squad both for the torch and for the podcast. Um, but it's good to be back. And we're gonna kind of just talk a little bit about what we've been up to since it has been so long. Um, and maybe we'll delve into a little bit of college basketball. So to start out with, let's talk about what we had in the paper last week. Joe, you kind of headlined this uh, this sports section. Yeah, you know it. You know it. Um, let me pull up the paper here so I can remember what I wrote. Well, I wrote about uh, the signing day class uh, for Fair State football, which is probably going to be like the number one class for D2. And then I basically just went into kind of reviewing a little bit of last year's class, how that was, you know, the best one out of all D2. And it beat out like 80 or so D1 schools in the recruiting class. And then I kind of just dove into each player that we recruited gave like a little bit of a quote from Anise, what he liked to see from them as well as like what their attributes and stuff were as well as like kind of some of their stats for some of them that were listed uh so that was basically it but it was pretty fun one to write took me a long time uh Brody told me to just go crazy with it so I went crazy it was like 2800 words or something like that so. yep well I mean a national signing day story coming off a championship season is yeah, it's yeah. a big deal so I, I wanted you to uh to put some good content out there, and you definitely did. I feel like that's probably the strongest article you've put for the torch. Appreciate it, boss. But yeah, Ooh, appreciate it. Was, it but that yeah. was that was a really good story. Um, and yeah, then we I, was, also, I was pushing it to get out by midnight. Not gonna lie, I liked how you went into each player and did like a little blurb about it. I think that was cool, especially for like the people that are like, "Hey, I know this one guy that's coming. Like, where's he at?" And you can search, be like, "Oh, hey, there he is." And then you can just read about him. So I think I thought it was really well done. Yep, Thank and you. it was organized well too. Like Brandon kind of said, if you were just looking for one player that you knew from your high school or whatever, you could have found him really easily. So. Yeah. Um, that was a good story, Jeffrey. You did a nice job with your first uh, your first crack at the torch here last yeah, week, yeah, covering some yeah, basketball. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit about your experience, just just uh, being there and and reporting for the first time. So, uh, got to the game and uh, it was a little awkward. I was sitting at the table at first, and then I ended up getting kicked off the table. So I had to go up to the stands, and I was sitting with uh, Joe and Travis, and I was just sitting there writing, getting some notes down, and uh, the games. Uh, it, it was a pretty crazy game. Uh, there was some pretty crazy stat lines. Uh, I believe Adrian had, I think, 18 points, six steals, six assists. Like, it was a crazy stat line. So I wanted to make sure that I talked to her. So we got a quote from her, um, and that was that was pretty good. And then we got uh, 
looked look what the coach said, and uh, he had some good insights on the game, and uh, that was pretty good for the girls' game. So for the men's game, it was a little weird, uh, just like walking up to, like actually walking up to them trying to get a quote, because um, this is my first time ever, like interviewing them after their game. So it was a little awkward, but uh, I got to interview Walt, and then uh, got some uh, quotes from Lee Higgins as well. So that was pretty cool, but ended up being a ended up being a good time. Then uh, I was uh, working on the stories and hopefully hoping that they were like not bad. So. Yeah, I mean, you definitely did a good job, for, especially for your first time, you know. It's it's a process when you're learning how to write journalistically, but you did a good job, and, and you covered those both those games really well, so I was, I was happy with that. Uh, Dylan, you didn't write this past week because you turned out two articles the week before, uh, and you did kind of mention that you've been taking the beat on hockey a little bit, so maybe kind of just talk about your experience covering hockey and uh, um, what your approach is to, to doing so. Uh, well, uh, first things first, uh, covering hockey, it's it's great. Um, you know, p- working pe- with people up in the booth, it, it's always a good time. You, you get the occasional Joe Nagy or the occasional Brendan Wirth. Uh, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> um, Ryan Pilon's up there most of the time. Sean Sneed's doing uh, stats with Dr. Sanderson. So it, there's never like a dull moment up in the booth. Um, it's it's usually a good time up there, and then uh, for me, I've, I've taken photos, so I get to go down by the student section and kind of still get that piece of it while working, which is always a good time. Um, and intervie- interviewing afterwards is so easy and so nice. Um, usually, if they lose, you just get um, Daniels, and he's one of the most easiest guys to talk to. Um, like for example, I I had slipped up the other day and got a stat wrong, and I read it directly to Daniels, and it's in the post game. Um, so that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he corrects me just straight out, and, he, he's, and then he instantly just jumps into what I wanted to know. He was like, "Yeah, the power play was not good at all." <laughs> so being able to work with these guys um, and being able to interview these guys is always a great time. Um, as for how I approach it, it's pretty forward. Um, if anything happens in the game, I always write down uh, goals, anything like that, penalties, the stuff that matters, especially the times. I can always go back and confirm that through uh, just what's posted by athletics. Um, everything is, is pretty forward when it comes to interviewing. Just throw your phone up by whoever's talking. And it gets put in voice memos, and then I just go off of that. So everything is pretty lax when covering hockey. It's pretty fun, pretty easy, um, but it, it's a really good time being up there. Yeah, for sure. Hockey was kind of the thing that I, I took to the most last year as well. So I'm glad that you're enjoying it too. Um, Brandon, you also didn't write this past week because the week before, you got to write a little bit more of a fun story not something so much that was happening Ferris athletics wise, but we did have some students go to the X Games. 
Um, so could you maybe talk a little bit about covering something outside of the world of Ferris athletics? Yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. I mean, we've had a, a lot of good Ferris stories lately, but I think this one kind of flew under the, the radar and it was a pretty funny story how this all came about. So um, there was a feature that I was originally going to be working on, which will be coming out in the next edition, I promise. So you'll have to make sure you watch out for that. Um, and that wasn't going through at the moment. Some of my contacts weren't getting back to me and those sort of things. So I, was, I had to call an audible and I talked to Brody and I was like, hey, did you hear about the, this X Games idea? Um, when all the students that went, that'd be kind of a cool sports story. So I rolled with that. Um, I knew the the director, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mrs. Dory and Ms. Keel, because um, they actually invited me on the to go with the, those students on the trip originally. But I had to I had to decline the offer because I had a track meet that weekend. So I was actually supposed to go to Aspen. So you were this close to going So I was this close to Aspen. So I had to get a piece of it. So I got to write about it and talk to him about it. A lot of students were really fun um, to talk to. And they, they were just, it seemed like the moment of surreal for a lot of the students that I talked to was just like, you know, getting up on the half pipe and seeing all these, all these guys and girls practice. You're just like, oh, this, we're here. This is Aspen. This is the X Games. This is the elite of the elite. Um, and it was a really cool experience and they got a lot of great experience from it. And uh, based off of what we heard, like our school is the most represented. There was a couple other uh, a couple other universities and colleges that sent students to work, but I believe ours was the most represented. So uh, it was a really cool story. I really enjoyed writing it just to get the piece of it that I that I missed of the big parts. But not yeah, too bad. Yeah, it, I think stories like that are always fun to put in the paper um, from an ed- editorial standpoint because usually we're just covering Ferris athletics, you know? Mm-hmm. So when we get something else that still involves spo- sports that students at Ferris are doing, it, it's it's always fun to put that in there. Uh, so last time we did the podcast, we had, I don't know, like what, five sports going on here at Ferris? Yeah, something Football, like that. volleyball, uh, soccer. We were really, really busy. But right now, right now, we have basketball and hockey. So it's a little bit more concentrated. Um, so maybe we should talk just a little bit about the success, the success of our teams, because both men's and women's basketball doing really well, and hockey, at least in comparison to last year, also doing really well. So, uh, Joe, maybe you want to kick off the uh, the basketball discussion here, just Ferris basketball as a whole. Yeah, sure. I mean, like for writing it or just like watching it. Like, no, just like the the sport in general. I mean, our men's team has been killing it lately. I mean, we've kind of slowed down on some of our skills, especially with shooting and stuff like that. Uh, like. We've kind of more switched to depending on like inside game and kind of mid-range jumpers and stuff like that and being them on like the boards and stuff like that because, I mean, usually we have two or three guys that are, you know, at least making three or four threes a night, but now we've kind of switched down to like one or two. Walt has kind of been slowing down a little bit. But, mm-hmm. I mean, talking to Isaac, who's a manager on the team and stuff like that, he says, I mean, much rather have him have a slow game now than GLIAC tournament or in March when we're in the national tournament too. So, you know, it's kind of stuff like that where you look at that and it's like, You'd rather have a slow time now when, you know, you're almost guaranteed a spot in the GLIAC. Well, you're guaranteed a spot in the GLIAC, obviously, but, you know, you have guys who are stepping up anyways. I mean, women's team, too, like, we're really stepping up. Uh, I really like how we're able to kind of move the ball around a lot more than last year, Uh, especially we have some down-low presence, too, which we didn't have last year, especially with Chloe Adoni and Maya Hiram, who've kind of stepped up, too. So, all around pretty solid. I mean, good to watch. I have to live-tweet it, so it's pretty fun, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot better than last year, so... That's about it. Yeah, Jeffrey, if you want to pitch a little more, because you watched both those games on uh, last Thursday with, I think I believe each team has six games left in the regular season. Yeah. Um, so we're coming down to the wire here. What are your impressions on, uh, you know, their their potential for the playoffs? Well, I mean, like he said, like they're kind of like slowing down, but I mean, it's kind of a good thing right now because like in the game on Thursday, you kind of seen like an all-around effort. 
Like there was more than just, you know, three guys maybe scoring double digits. You know, you had five guys scoring double digits. So that's only going to help going into the GLIAC and going into March. So, I mean, that right there, that that's going to be big time for them. If they can get players off the bench scoring in double digits, that's, that's going to be big time come March. Yeah, for sure. I think the depth of both the men's and the women's squads has been a really big factor because, Joe, like you said, missing a couple players last year for the women's side, they come back this year. Uh, you know, Chloe, Adrian, um, and they've been big pieces for the team. And then on the men's side, too, you got guys like Ben Davidson that can come off the bench, kind of like Jeffrey just mentioned, and, and put 12, 14 points on the board. That That's always a big help and a, and a luxury for a coach to have, for sure. Um, and then kind of transitioning over to hockey here, it's a little bit of the same story because Daniels feels he has three lines of guys that can play really good hockey. And he talked about that last year, and while it didn't really translate to the ice, it seems like this year it's kind of moving in that direction, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, obviously they're not the best, but from a one twenty three and one season, you kind of got to put in perspective that it's better, not, not perfect, better. Um, and there's, there's a lot to look forward to, um, especially with um, incoming classes and, you know, these guys maturing we have we have bradley merrick uh the big rapids native he's only a freshman and he's been doing pretty well this season uh stein's got a couple more years left so he's definitely going to be able to solidify his game in net and there's a lot of things that haven't have improved um this year there's a lot of things that still need to improve for the bulldogs but uh overall it you have that those building blocks you need, you know, kind of that season beforehand where you get one win doesn't look good, put things in perspective for you. And then you start building back and you got to continue building off of this. You got to be like, if I'm Daniels, I'm going to be like, Hey, we can do this. We can do better. We can compete. We can do better. So that's really all there is to it for hockey. Um, Really, really excited to see what they can put together next year for sure. Yeah, and they're so young. So, so young. I mean, three seniors on the team, I think. Something like two or three seniors. Yeah. I mean, Harrison, that's just, Harrison was saying we're going to be really junior-senior heavy next year. Yep, yep. I mean, so many sophomores, quite a few freshmen too, but juniors this year. I mean, just guys that are going to see a lot of ice for a long time to come still. And that's that only bodes well for the future um, for Ferris Hockey, which is good because last year was a struggle for sure. I mean, going to that arena and pretty much knowing you weren't going to come out with a victory can be a good feeling for the players. Um, so to see that translate to some wins this year, I'm sure is is a big morale booster for the locker room there. Brandon, you got anything to add about uh, Bulldog sports right now? I mean, yeah. I mean, going off of hockey, I mean, we mentioned like last year's season can kind of put a damper early on of how the fans perceived this team going to be like in a positive direction because I mean it well let's let's be honest as fans it's hard to go into a a new season where the we only had one win the the year before so but I think the biggest thing people didn't realize is how young this team really was especially in defense lines I mean we only I think we might have had one or two uh, maybe our upperclassmen in, in the back lines so and that's a tough thing when you're going up against 
top-ranked teams, Minnesota State, Michigan Tech, you're playing all of these tough, tough offensive teams. It's hard to do. You're kind of just thrown to the wolves. That's really the expression that comes to mind. So, But, I mean, I, I, think, I think Dylan's absolutely right. Right now we're building the blocks, and I know people are kind of like, yeah, you're anxious, right? We were in the Frozen Four how many years ago? We can get back there soon, but we want to get back there now. But it's going to take some patience, and that's the, the biggest thing around it. But we got a lot of good pieces. I mean, we added Noah Giesbrecht just this past semester, and he's been great already. So there's a lot of things trending in the right direction. I know we got a couple signees already coming on. So, I mean, it's really all trending upward right now. And, I mean, it's going to be a great time, especially that we got some some winnable games coming up and possibly good moving up in the playoffs. I think crowd presence has a lot to do with Yep. Oh, sure. Yes. We got, you know, the first year coming off of COVID for all these sports. Uh, having the crowd there to like really energize, you know, them and kind of just get the get the arenas popping and uh, just helps them a lot with momentum. I think. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I think definitely um, if the Bulldogs do improve and very strong feeling that they will, I feel like it'll start getting better and better and better for that crowd to come back. I mean, uh, it kind of depends on who they play too, right? Michigan State packed arena a lot of them oh yeah a lot of them mm-hmm. state fans that was in there. Yeah. a lot of people but were come to the big games the student section was great in that game uh western michigan i think i think that game was pretty good for us there's like 1800 people there mm-hmm. voice crack quick. voice crack <laughs> 1800 but all in all is <laughs> there's gonna be massive improvements in 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 layman's terms i guess and then just the next couple of years just don't sleep on the bulldogs Last year, even as a reporter, was weird because you go to a game, hockey, I'm talking about hockey hockey specifically, and there's no fans there. You know, they only had a limited number of people that could come, mostly parents, people that were uh, relatives of the players. And it just, it didn't feel like it was real. Um, and so this year to have fans back in the in the ice arena and for basketball, it's it's got to be, as a reporter, it's nice. It's got to be 10 times nicer for coaches and players. Yeah, I mean, even as like in an ops perspective, I started like working at Game Ops last year at the beginning of the year. So one of my first jobs was doing the hockey games as far as the music and all the in-game stuff. And with only 500 people there, we had we were literally playing artificial crowd noise up over into this into the main speakers. So it was just a fact of we're we're trying to create the environment of what was a year ago and now kind of what we're seeing now. And it was just it didn't feel right. Like the whole time you're just kind of like, yeah, this is good, but. It's not the way it used to be. It just didn't feel right. So, and I mean, especially as a reporting perspective, I mean, that's some of the biggest parts of, I mean, why I enjoy it is like feeling the game out in a whole different way than you would be as just a normal fan, right? Especially if you're like on the beat, like I was for football, Dylan is for on hockey right now, really. Like where you're getting a sense of relationship with the team that you wouldn't necessarily have had if you were just a fan, right? Because, I mean, you're, you're talking to these guys all throughout the entirety of the season. You're there on the highs and lows, and you're getting this this feeling like you're a part of it, and it just makes it just a, so much better of a feeling. And when COVID really was in that, like the whole atmosphere around it, it just kind of made it seem like it was more of a scrimmage season, like it was the summer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it was certainly a weird feeling, and I think the bottom line that we're trying to get to here is that it's just nice to be feeling a more sense of normalcy absolutely now and even though things aren't perfect it's so much better than it was a year ago for everyone involved not just for you know athletes or fans whatever um but anyways as ferris kind of 
wraps up, starts towards starts to move towards the end of their winter sports seasons. We're looking forward to the spring sports season. Brandon, this is kind of in your wheelhouse with track starting up. Ooh. Um, softball will also be starting up as well, and I believe tennis has a season in the tennis spring. Tennis and golf, yeah, will tennis be. Tennis and golf both have a, sp- a spring season as well. So we'll be busy for the torch with all that content. Um, stay tuned when spring athletics start here in Ferris. I, th- I believe it'll be roughly spring break time after spring break when spring yeah, athletics really start down. heating yep, up. Yep. Um, so we'll have a couple weeks there where we're crossing over between winter and spring athletics, and we'll be really busy, but... We love it. That's what we live for, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we do. Can't wait. <laughs> so um, we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, we got three new guys on here. And one thing that we always like to do on this podcast was talk about our athletic career. So starting with Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about high school Joe Nagy, the athlete? What is there not to talk about? That's a real <laughs> question. Uh, well, a little backstory. Like my dad, when I was going to high school, he's like, play as many sports as you can. Cause like, once you get out of it, like you're going to wish you played more. So I did, I think it was like nine sports, I think, or close to eight or nine. I think it was, I did wrestling my freshman year, basketball, my freshman year, uh, soccer and baseball. And then I did golf and then I did cross my sophomore year. I played soccer and baseball all four years. And then I kind of experimented with, <clears throat> excuse me, like the winter sports and stuff like that. Uh, and then I did, what else did I do? I was, uh, I did cross, and the next year I was a cross manager, and I was a track team manager, and then I was going to be the kicker for our football team. That didn't work out because I just didn't want to kick for our football team. <laughs> um, so I just basically did a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah, probably baseball and soccer were my two favorites. Uh, I broke my arm my fresh, or my senior year of baseball, so that kind of sucked. Uh, so I kind of squandered any dreams of playing at the next level. Uh, for that I did kind of talk to some colleges and stuff like that and had a little bit of things going on but that was more of like kind of if I had a good season that year but yeah I played as many sports as I could in high school I love them uh, I play as many IMs now I mean Brandon and me and Brody are on a basketball team and I want to do some more in the spring when that comes around too so but yeah uh, high school Joe was quite the athlete <laughs> I mean I was five seven when I graduated but like I was quite the athlete nonetheless so yeah, yeah. awesome Jeffrey, how about you? All right, so I've been the height I am now since, like, probably my sophomore year, 5'8". So I was always, like, like one of the shorter guys. So I played basketball, football, baseball, uh, did powerlifting. Uh, I've wrestled before. Um, I did all that. Um, going into my sophomore year, I tore my ACL and my meniscus in my right knee in nice. the second game of the year in basketball. So I ended up missing... <laughs> baseball yep. for the rest of that year wasn't ready for football come that season so junior season was kind of like a it was kind of like just like a boring time for me um end up getting back to I stopped playing basketball after that <laughs> didn't want to go back on the court and because <laughs> it wasn't like it was my strongest sport uh, I really liked baseball and football more so I decided to just focus on those and then going into the baseball season I like flared my IT band and I couldn't walk for like a month. So I missed like the tryouts and then I was just like, all right, well, let's get ready for football. So I came back my senior year and played football. That was the last sport I played after that. It was just like, yeah, I should probably just hang it up before I get injured again. Yeah. Respect. Yep. So we got a broken arm, a torn ACL and meniscus and a flared IT band. Dylan, what do you have to add to that <laughs> from your high school sport experience? Surprisingly, nothing. What? No, 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 no injuries? Way. No way. No, I didn't play. You were blessed? Oh. 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 I didn't play. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, oh you didn't play? No. Play um, so I actually I hated sports for the longest time. Um, never <laughs> never really fit into that for me. Um, I played seventy eight or football for like one year. I think back sixth or seventh grade did terribly. <laughs> I had no heart in the game. I, I mm-hmm. I've thought about it a lot. I had no heart, and I didn't understand the game whatsoever. Um, I only started liking sports my sophomore year. And this is when I started getting into watching football, watching hockey, then starting to get into basketball and baseball. Um, so I never really played much. Uh, I'd always, you know, watch the games. I could throw a football around just fine. Um, but besides, you know, just going to the, you know, the football games at Sparta, um, or going to Michigan games, I didn't really have much of a background for sports throughout high school. I, I find it kind of funny being a sports reporter. Now. Yeah, and since you love hockey so I think much now, it's kinda, I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's pretty kinda, cool. Yeah, it's just you wouldn't think that for someone with a passion for hockey like you have, because when you first started working for the Torch, you started asking me about hockey right away. So I figured, you know, you played hockey since you were seven, eight years old, and you wanted to carry it on. So that's that's even news to me that you weren't an athlete and or didn't play hockey in high school, which yeah. I think is really cool. It's a whole new perspective. Yeah. I don't I don't really know what got me into hockey specifically, but like right when I got into it, it was like that. Um, I have hockey sticks now. I have I have my skates. I get on the ice whenever I can. So I definitely have interest in it. I thought about joining the men's league, but I'm kind of flat broke. Sure. So, <laughs> um, I know somebody that played in the men's league. You want to float me some money, me, Joe? That's I do. Joe I'm Nagy. just a sub. I just say that's what you that's what you do. You show up oh, you and you they'd be like, Hey, like who are you playing for? Like, I'm just a sub for this team. They don't make you pay. So. <laughs> <laughs> My roommate has a team. I'm just like, Yeah, I'm a sub for him. You know who also plays in the men's league? Ryan Pilon. Oh, I and Sean say Dr. Snead. Garrett Stack plays and in Dr. the men's league. Stack. Well, not, the men's league. not the men's league at Big Rapids, though. He plays one in Cedar. Even, that is true. Even more reason why we need a Garrett Stack feature story in the torch. Oh, I think it has to happen. I think so, too. But That would be under so much scrutiny, though. You know he's just <laughs> Only time will tell for our dedicated yeah. viewers. I've got to say something about my high school career. Uh, Brandon and I were quite the rivals. Our high schools uh, were in the same league. And uh, especially growing up, I remember the fuzzy-haired kid that would always be good at sports. Fuzzy. So, was he better than you? Yeah. I'd say we'd be, be uh, the same. Yeah, depend on the sport. So depend who, on the sport. Who, I mean, hit, who hit dingers off who? I did not hit a I don't home think run in high school. Each other you never hit a home run I in high school? I didn't pitch to him. Uh, I didn't pitch in high school until senior year. I don't think I pitched to you guys. Like, after like, our whole resources were depleted and I had to hop <laughs> in this. Not too bad. I had only like a two ERA in the three games I pitched, so not too bad, but... I don't know. I didn't face Brandon ever. I faced uh, like their third best pitcher or something like that when we played them because mm-hmm. my high school team wasn't very good. I was good, but my high school team was Yeah, I, I, I will say, I'll transparently say this, that I was saved for the next opponent when we played Joe. That, that, was, <laughs> that was the fair thing. Uh, well, I mean, we had a, we had really a lot of good pitchers. So, I mean, we, we, we used our third, fourth guy against you, our guys, and then it was pretty competitive. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we we faced each other plenty of times. JV basketball was one of JV my fondest memories yeah, of playing against I, you. I'll say this, won the first, they they did because once again we were terrible at every sport except <laughs> wrestling. Anyways, but I will say this: though I knew Brandon was a legit athlete when he came down and then like did like a behind the back like reverse jelly layup, and I was like, 
all right, we're gonna get crushed this game. Like that was like the first <laughs> that was the first bucket score, and I was like, all right, that kid's gonna just like cut us up the whole game. I guess I'm just not gonna play it all this game. Yeah, me and Joe have had some fond memories. And the funny thing is like you don't realize like who you're playing against until like you meet him later in life and you you start to, you know, you backtrack and you're just like, Oh yeah, we met Joe in like Comma one oh one, right? And where we were all together and you you meet each other and you're like, Oh, you're from Tricana, from Reed's Oh, you play basketball, dude, I probably played against you. And then the memories start flooding in, it's like that kid, I, I don't know why. I remember him, and that that's who he is. That's Joe Nagy. There you go. Four crazy, years later. Crazy mm-hmm. how stuff happens. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'd, uh, I think we've all got a little bit different of high school sport background. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon is definitely the star athlete of the group, um, but we all come from different different areas, and it's all led us to where we are now, which is sports writers for the torch. And I think we all enjoy that job a lot. Absolutely. Um, and we do, I think we put good content out there that people enjoy. So speaking of good content that people will enjoy, stay tuned because we are going to start doing these podcasts weekly from this point on, or we're going to try to yeah. at least. So for our avid yeah. listeners, you have something to look forward to. Anyways, we have been back after a long layoff with the sports squad. A couple new um, podcasters here with us today, one new sports writer, and we have put together some great content So stay tuned for that and we'll see you next week.